Well, we might as well get this fucking show on the road. Mm-hmm. You know cool. Man. So tie tie. Welcome to Green and Lewis. This is I was thinking about this on my way here. What? This is Green and Lewis phase three. Mm-hmm. Because phase one was when we started the podcast mm-hmm. and we lived in the same place. Mm-hmm. Phase two was the Zoom era. Mm-hmm. Then two point five we sort of dipped back into phase one for a couple of years there. I think that's just phase three. I think we're in the Marvel's phase four. We're which in uh oh. for you you're the home base remember this is headquarters it is you're the namesake of the podcast yes. well not you but this place mm-hmm. so here it must remain yes you know and the commute actually i gotta say not it's bad. not so bad at all on like my bike, 10 minutes it, on it's, a bike? It's, it's so fast yeah but uh, as i was describing to you my parking situation is not Abysmal. so good over yeah. there it's uh-huh. going to be a real problem we may have to move this to sunday nights no thank you what literally can never why i have to get up at six in the morning on mondays well, geez, I feel like weekdays are going to be tough. What about um? I can. What about Tuesday nights? Because I don't have to move my car on Tuesday nights. I usually close on Wednesdays. Yeah. Okay, we got to discuss maybe moving this. Maybe. Maybe. I got to figure. I have to figure out like a good like life schedule. It's very difficult when you know. I'm trying to like do what's right for like you know my sanity. Yes. My business. Yes. Boyfriend. Yes heterosexual life partner yeah you know i know we're juggling a lot of things it's very right difficult we're um, both juggling the same amount of things right now and it's too many things this I, was easier when we were both losers and incels and now it's hard i'd be fucking i don't know that's about you. true yeah you know what um, I'll, I'll speak for myself when we were an incel and a slut and a whore yeah <laughs> it's a lot easier you know it was easier a hoe uh I remember when I was a thought. I miss, you know, I miss my good whoring years. Do you really? I could, I could have been a good, like, little twink out in these streets. Hmm. Oh, you're saying if you had hit the gym and had been more in shape. No, if I was just fagging out at, like, 24. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Going to New York every weekend. You know what? Yeah, you did miss the prime years. I'd be sucking it fucking all over this mm-hmm. great city. Who knows what would have happened, though? You could have come down with monkeypox. Remember that? And now where would you be Here's today? the thing. They are advertising it again. What? Why? I don't know. Is it coming back? No, I, I think they're just like summer. Just don't oh. get it again. And I'm like, listen, we already <laughs> like. W- here's the thing: if you tell the gays you can't be shirtless during Pride, they're like, what do we got to do to make that happen? True. So we did it all. We're we're done. Mm-hmm. That shit was in the bag. We're done. We're not doing that shit again. Right, okay? but wasn't the whole thing about the spread of that that no one would stop um, orging out? Oh, no, they did. No. Oh, but actually, They're, they did well, eventually? because we shamed the PV gays and I the see. circuit queens. I was going to say, yeah. Because, like, yeah, no. Yeah, um, one of Ree's friends works up in Provincetown now hmm. at, at, like, some sort of hotel for the gays. Most of them, yes. And uh, Which one? I don't know. Can I get a deal? I will ask and see if you can get a deal. You might be able to. Yeah. Um, but she sent a picture the other day of a bathtub she was cleaning that had a leftover dildo. Of course. A giant one with balls just sitting there. I mean, it's off season, so like, let let them go. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty it's cheaper common. to go now. I mean, you know, I got a good laugh out of it, but it's serious business up there. Apparently, that's you don't even bat your eye at that normally. Absolutely not. You send a picture to your straight friend. Do you know go, about the Isn't dick? This crazy? Do you know about the dick dock? No, what's that? It's a dock where there's dicks and you suck them. It, like a glory hole, but you just swim up to the dock and they're like protruding down through the cracks. No, it's the... just a dock, and then at night you go cruising, cruising oh. for throat bruisings. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, boy. 
You so I've only heard stories. You just yeah, yeah. So you just go stand down there. You if go you... wander around. It's a big dock. It's a, yeah, it's a big dock. Okay. So you wander around just like. You How know, do the give local it... authorities feel about all this activity? No one gives a fuck. The, what is their police department like? You know, L O L. What cops? Doesn't exist. It's run by lesbians and gays. Like the whole town yeah. has been taken over by them. Have they abolished the police up there? Maybe we should send all the leftists up there and have them ruin everybody's fun. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm trying to go there in July. Fuck off. It man. sounds like a communist utopia. It is. It's literally luxury gay-based communism. There's a bartender up there who apparently only works during the summertime. And she makes all the money that she needs to live for the entire year in three months. That's incredible. Because the gays are just vodka soda, vodka soda, vodka soda, and tipping all. She out. must be a good bartender, too, or they, or him. She. Yeah. She. Lesbians. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she must be great. She must be beloved by the community yeah. to, to get tipped like that. She texts, you know, the the boys, and is like, I had a great weekend. They fucking tipped hard. Wow, what do you think? Ooh, tipped hard. Not that In many ways, not that but way. not with her. Never. Not with her. The keys Mm-mm. are in the way. Well. Couldn't get in there even if you wanted to, but, you know. I'm not going to touch that one. Anyways, yeah, there's been, we've been <sighs> yeah. talking too much about the keys. Yeah. Or rather, I have. Yeah, I think I it's come up a couple yeah, of times. I don't, I don't, let the lesbians have it. I don't know. So what's going on in the news, man? I don't have anything to report because I've been doing the same thing since the last time we recorded, mm-hmm. which is moving yeah. stuff yeah, I can't every do another, single day. I can't do a moving episode Me again. Neither. It's very boring to listen back because I listen back, you know, because yeah. I'm a fan first, JK. I'm listening for things to think of what to put on the instagram and then i don't come up with anything then i just go okay <laughs> you didn't put sumo and sushi up on the instagram that was uh, the name of the fucking episode I? and we talked about did that I put at stories length. we didn't even talk about moving that much a little bit um and in oh, any no, case i, I thought it would be oh, good shit, for you because you have all sorts of advice about furniture and stuff but i'm done with that part now now I i'm at the depressing part of moving where you just like have boxes and you have to live out of them until you figure everything mm, out yeah which is no good I'm at the depressing point where there's still an air mattress in my home. Yeah, I know. I think I can deflate that later and okay, get that great, out of your great, great. way. I was going to say, if you want to leave it, or do you have a spare room for guests or no? Yeah, I mean, we're going to take it. Oh, okay. Uh, but I do want to get it out of your way. I'm okay. conscious of that. Yeah. You want to take that desk, too? The scourge of my existence? I don't really want it, but I will throw it away if you want to get rid oh, of no, it. No, I'll throw it out. Okay. That's too much work. Yeah. Uh-uh. Um, what are you going to do in there? Are you going to revamp the office? Are you going to get a new desk? Or are you just going to make it walk-in closet? now what i don't I know have that much ta- shit i've been purging for years okay you were talking about this the other day moving your wardrobe over into that room but that's just a wardrobe oh. i am thinking because um my landlord at the studio has moved out is moving out someone else i'm like mm, the vibes are gonna be weird the vibes are already broy. the vibes are already kind of bad um and i'm like well what if that is studio and then i just get to hoard money oh that's a good idea i feel like you could work in there yeah, you you work at a pretty small scale for the most part. It's just a s- problem of storage. Maybe yeah, you just buy a unit for two hundred bucks. Yeah, that's save. what I'm kind of thinking of. Like, it's really just I need somewhere to put the shit when it's done, you know. But like, the projection throw, I'd have to have some, figured that out. But also, like, I that's don't know. not hard to figure out. That's not a complicated problem, right? You can make that work. Yeah, you can put the projector anywhere and, and just use a different zone to trace in. I guess you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. Because it's also, it's dirty, it's dusty, like, I don't know, like, it's out of the way, it's not close, it's not close enough to walk, which is a, a huge impediment to going to there. Yeah, why don't you just be rich, man? I think I just want to be rich. I was having this conversation with Rhee the other night, because obviously I'm stressed out about money. For her, it's not that any extra money, but for me, it's a significant bump. Mm. And I was like, you know, 
not to hate on like having a studio. I love having a studio and I love being able to go to a studio. But for a couple of years not having one, I was like, I like being rich better, I think, actually. I mean, like, here's the thing. I like I like having it when I need it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't need it or you're like, listen, it's cobwebs for, you know, in, yeah. in my brain for a little bit. Like, we got to kick them out. You know, six months out of the year, it's fallow. Like, it's, it's fucked up soil, right? Like, it's not fruitful. Yeah. Like, there is, like, you know a five month span where i'm like okay we're hammering stuff out but like during that the rest of it you're like what the fuck am i paying all this goddamn rent for yeah and we're not selling anything let's be real right so like joshua smith not josh smith joshua smith Uh uh-huh uh california-based person was like my studio is in my home i haven't sold i don't make any i don't sell enough to necessitate having a separate space and like part of like the mystique of like you know, I'm a New York guy and I pay all this rent because I'm the boss bitch. I'm like, no. I would like to travel yeah. because that's actually more generative for being a human and a thinking person than sinking shitloads of money for no good goddamn reason. You know? No, I'm totally with you, man. The other thing, there's many facets to this that you could explore. Number one is you could always keep your studio and just sublet it long term. That's a little bit of a pain in the ass. That's another job. I don't have time. But if you get somebody that's willing to stay there for a year at a time, it's not much of a job. I guess. You know what I mean? And then you can keep all your shit there. Seaburn, don't listen. Yeah, please. I don't think he does. I don't think you're in Tony, don't tell Seaburn. Yeah. But like, if you did that, right, then you get to leave all your paintings there. You still have access to it if you want it. I could just leave. I'd just be like, eh, I'll knock a couple bucks off. There you go. Rather than you, you could you could basically cheap out on a storage unit because, you know, cube smarts and shit, they rip you the fuck off. Yeah, even fuck for off. a little one. I'll be like, pay me $500 for rent even though it's six. There you go. And I leave my paintings in the rack and you have the rest of the space. Yeah. I'll never All my shit comes out. Except what? to put paintings in there every once in a while yeah. when you run out of space. Once mm-hmm. a year, probably. Right? So you could do that. Mm-hmm. That's option one. I, uh, and this could go... Part and parcel with option one. But the other thing is, now that I'll be out of here more permanently, hopefully for reals, you can make any part of the space studio space. I I know you're you know, I know you're domestic and you and you do like to have a nice living space. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's very flexible. Yeah. You have all the option in the world to rearrange. Like, for example, a thought I had. I mean, it, it's complicated. You know, so don't jump to conclusions, but it's like, you move some stuff around, parts of this space could be used. It's like... Well, here's the thing. I could, when you're not having people here, what difference does it make, right. is what I'm saying. Well, the other thing, it's like, that couch fits in that little room. You put mm-hmm. the TV in there. It's a little small living room, because, like, let's be real. I occupy about six feet of couch. Yeah. I never turn on a TV. You can still fall asleep on the couch in the little room. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I actually think that's a really good idea. Keep books in here and like sort of use it as a studio with the table as a or this is bedroom. Yeah, that's even better. In fact, that's exactly what you should do. And then that's the like dining that's studio back there. Oh no, how do you put make a the big table? Make the big bedroom. Uh that see yeah. yeah. The table is the table is an issue, but that's why I think that's why I was thinking this space. Mm. This is gonna be unlistenable for anyone that's never been in this apartment, but deal with it. This space could be studio because table minus the cloth is a work table. Yeah. And then when you want to eat or have people over, you'd gussy it up a little bit. And the bookshelves stay where they are and the books stay on them. They're not going to get fucked up. You don't use an airbrush anymore. No. You know? Yeah. And then, like you said, yeah, tiny living room, nice bedroom. Mm. 
you know, you have a lot of options. But I, I, long story short, I'm fully supportive of this idea. I think for you and your style of working, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah I, you I, don't I, consistently go, so it's okay. No, and I don't judge that at all. It's like, yeah, you should make your life primary. I literally go when I need to slam out like five things back to back and then i'm done oh and here was option c which is this is the case i was making to read the other night because i was doing it for a little while if you need a studio for whatever reason sublet one for three months i know you can always do that and it's just a slight extra expense for a quarter of the year if you want to make something big or you have a series of work that requires a little more focus you know right just sublet somebody else's fucking space somewhere yeah who cares or i'll just call you and be like i need a wall bitch yeah you could always do that do you want me to pay you some money to store my shit? Sure. Oh, well, we'll negotiate this later. Yeah. This is wildly um, unentertaining. Uh, let's talk about some entertaining things. Let me tell you. Yeah, please tell me Let about me tell something you about entertaining. Tears of the King- Kingdom. Oh, baby. Tears of the Kingdom? We got New Zelda, baby. That's the title of it? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So it's T-E-A-R-S, Tears. T- yeah. But it's three levels. Tears, T-I-E-R-S, Tears of the Kingdom. So you got a you got you got a underground thing, real creepy, real scary, sky shit, ground shit. Let me tell you, it's the hardest shit I've. I don't I don't know how to I don't know how the the young kids deal with like new video games that are you know hard. Wow. But I'm like, ooh, this is hard. Ooh, ooh, this is tricky. Ooh, it's scary. Ooh, 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 ooh. Well, wait, let me ask you something because I never actually played Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. I only saw it played, mm-hmm. but it only had like a. Uh, a pretty standard like above ground part yeah, of it, yeah, right yeah like it, it was a pretty open map and a big world but you were only exploring like land like mountains yeah, yeah. and fields land and... sea sky yeah yeah, yeah 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 but this one has that plus this has two other sky ones. skyland what's the skyland like floating islands Whoa, it's beautiful like the cool. coloring i gotta say like the coloring is like like Birchfield level like colors of nature. Is it all watercolory like the last game? Watercolory, but in these beautiful like autumnal colors in the mm. sky and these stone like it's like Alhambra color. It's gorgeous. Is it stylized any differently than Breath of the Wild? Is no. it no, but you know, that's pretty lush. But the architecture is very key like uh Shinto Shrine, that kind of thing. Cool. But stone, gorgeous. I was Whoa. like, gotta go to Japan even harder now. Oh man, I wanna go to Japan so bad. <laughs> that's why this is also why I'm like, I gotta save money. I gotta pay yeah. off this credit card and I gotta get the fuck out of here. Um so gorgeous like when you're up in skyland you're like this is just pretty it's a nice break from like you know wow um and then the downstairs creepy weird like undersea like very like flora fauna of like deep sea like you know that kind of shit where like everything's transparent yeah but like creepy iridescent color spaces great those are always my favorite episodes of david attenborough it's shows. that it's yeah. like planet earth but like in or pl- blue blue blue, blue planet, planet yeah, or yeah. the deep that ocean shit. planet yeah, yeah, earth yeah. that's the fucking coolest aesthetic i and love it, that but it's creepy and yeah like, ooh, and it's it's kind of like take deep ocean plus stranger things first season like upside down oh yeah where there's yeah. shit like floating in the airs and great gotcha. I, I was like you know what i gotta say they did a thing culturally like it's kind of like gorgeous like i know it's probably like some nerd shit or whatever but like here's the thing don't care like it's accessible to everybody it's gorgeous the ad is very funny the british ad is funny it's this middle-aged man who's like kind of like riding the bus to work and is like wearing his suit and is like depressed and then he gets his switch loads up this the zelda sequel and is like oh there's adventure out in the landscape like he starts to appreciate the landscape and the city and like 
the differences between the two. Oh, wow. Because he's aware of... I was like, this shit is like... Wow, you guys really went for the emotional pull on that advertisement. Um, not not untrue, though. I was like, you know what? I do appreciate getting to see the greenery. Wow. I, too, want to touch grass. <laughs> you know, uh, Nintendo's always been very good about designing games, whereas a lot of other video game companies, even though game is in the title, they just make, like, pretty much... Experiences. on Not even. They make, like, on-rails very formulaic things you know like whether you're playing call of duty or whether you're playing halo or whether you're playing any first person shooter star wars battlefront whatever those are all essentially the same game there's very little like imaginative input you're playing a brand ip thing well and even just the design of it in terms of the of the gameplay is like on rails like you know basically the what the progression of the levels is going to be basically what they're going to look like they don't really try to innovate on that and then other games just fit styles too like racing game yeah yeah. like uh real-time strategy whatever whatever. you know like they all fit on rails like that but nintendo's always been very good that when they make a game they like do try to innovate like on every level of it so it's always like it's aesthetically beautiful we talked about intricately designed many 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 20s of episodes ago about like the ethos is like we want the player to have fun you know like joy mm-hmm. and fun and the exploration and the thing is the key and i was like you know what i think like this is the epitome of that because it's nostalgic in all sorts of ways because i was like this feels like the, the nes number one where you're like oh shit gets wild all of a sudden you're like oh oh ah, ah, you know like it's that kind of thing like you know for the old old heads you're like oh we're getting triggered on that and then he even like you're cooking pots and he's whistling the NES like theme song. Yeah. While cooking. I was like that. You didn't need to do that. You didn't need to do all that. But like, it's for like all of those things where you're like, I get to have fun when I'm in the space. And then you're up until four in the morning and then you're like, Oh fuck, I gotta go to bed. (laughs) Yeah. The other morning you woke up really late and I saw the switch like plugged in and kind of like pathetically yep. like leaning off of something. And I'm like, <laughs> I know what happened. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the Zelda games are kind of a crossover in terms of Nintendo though. Cause a lot of the rest of their stuff has the, has a childish aesthetic, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but isn't that appealing to adults? Like their games are relatively easy. They're, you know, cartoony, but I think the, the Zelda games, especially these last two, it seems like are like, they are marketed correctly in the sense that they're for adults. Yeah. Well, like you know? the intro to this one plays like the intro to The Last of Us. Whoa. Where you're like They do on... like a cinematic intro? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. And but you get to control it a little bit and you're but, and the music slowly builds and gets creepier and cr- like you know that you're headed towards something and you're like when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Then it you know does the cinematic cutscene and then you're like, "Oops. Right. Here we are. Let's start." Wow. I was like, and this, you know, only happened. I only realized that because I was like, oh, this is weird. This Nintendo doesn't do this. But I was like, I know that's what The Last of Us is. So like, because yeah. you play as like the daughter who gets, spoiler alert for, again, five years ago or whatever. She dies, but you play as her in the first like five minutes. Did you watch this game on YouTube? Is that how you know this? No. Did you play it? Mm-hmm. No way. When did you play Last of Us? Adam has it. No way. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. My brother gave it to him, and then we were both like, this is too fucking creepy. We can't do that. Wow. It's like that, like, panic-inducing. You're like, ah! 
Really? It's yeah. actually scary to play? Yeah. I've only seen, like, clips from it. I haven't played a video game, like, all the way through. Well, when you're, like, doing it, and then all of a sudden something runs at you, and then it's a cinematic cutscene of it, like, gnawing at your neck, you're like, well, I died. <laughs> I guess I died. Do you need to make me watch the scene of my own death violently? Yeah, kind of, I know. guess, yeah. Um, so it's a little rough. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I tried it, and I was like, no. No. Too jumpy. What's the Zelda game called again? Tears of... Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Interesting. How far are you into it? Very early. But I'm I'm slapping up. Is it the kind of game that you could kind of play forever? Like, is it impossible to complete because it's open world? Well, hundreding these things is only for psychopaths. Yeah. Because you have to send these forest people. You have to find them, and there's 900 of them. No, I don't have the time for that. I'm so sorry. Like, my thing is, like, we got to do time management on this, like... I want to do it, but I also am like, mm. well, not yeah, sinking a whole fucking day. Speaking of things you're juggling in your life, the last thing you need is like a fully a full time suck video yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, that's like impossible. Yeah, but that's cool. Uh, you know, uh, you have a lot of self discipline, so as long as you, you know, just restrain it to nights when you can play it, it'll last you a long time, which is nice. Because there are a lot of psychopaths out there that will sit down and like already have beaten this game. There are people who are like, I already have 100 hours. Yeah. I'm like, what? People were calling, there was an NPR article of like, people are calling out of work for this. And I was like, yep, should have been me. Shouldn't have been working. Was confused. I was like, why am I here? No, I know. Video games make me feel really out of the zeitgeist in a way. Like I told you, I had an appointment early the other morning last Friday. I think when the game came out, that was Friday, right? Yes. Um, I had an 8 a.m. appointment with two guys from Verizon to install the internet. And that's all those guys were talking about. You got some about. Fios? You didn't get the Optimum? I did not get the Optimum Good. because I... Uh, originally thought I could get Optimum. I ordered all the shit, and the equipment came, and then I realized that the building was hooked up for Fios, even though Fios said it didn't service my neighborhood. Yeah. So when I called them on the phone, they were like, oh, yeah, we service your neighborhood. Sorry, the website's wrong. Love that. For and you. I was like, okay, so I switched over. It is nice. It's good internet. You have to negotiate after you, by the way. Just hold on. Uh, I have it on lock for two oh, already. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's nice internet. It Fast. You know, yeah, it's really yeah. fast, and it and it actually tra- it seems to travel better than Optimum does. Yeah, so it's kind of nice. I thought we were going to need like a Wi-Fi extender. No, and they stuff, give you a good router. It actually works. That only works because the router I bought new. That's right. Yeah. You bought a new one. Yeah. No, so it's good. But anyway, those guys. That's all they were talking about. It was like two relatively young yeah. guys, probably guys in their twenties. And I was like, oh yeah, I feel like the whole world is probably talking about this right now. But it's like a world I don't have access to because other than you and Alan, yeah. I don't know anybody that like well, would Alan's play this. Fucked off to Italy. Yeah. While so that happened. Almost. He's got no time. I was like, well, you got a plane ride though. I know. I'm like, if you brought the if switch, you, if better, crush it. Better have downloaded that. That's six hours to get off the sky Island, my dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, genuinely like, I don't know. I, I'm very sympathetic to Nintendo in the first place and Zelda in particular, but like, yeah, these are kind of mega events. I mean, video games like this take years and years to develop. The last one came out in what? 2017. Yeah. So yeah, you have to wait more than, more than half a decade. Once they like shipped it, they were like, we're already starting on the other one. We're and the fact now. that they did like a good job and Nintendo pretty much always does a good job. That's like a testament to yeah. a corporation. Leave it to the Japanese man. For Listen, real. Yeah. You don't want to play a fucking American game. What, Fuck down. You want to play Call of Duty, you know. Some Blizzard Activision yeah, nonsense? Exactly. No. Who basically pay minimum wage for people to stand there rendering guns. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you want to pretend to be Kyle Rittenhouse, except with the authorization of the federal government? No. Yeah. I'm good. 
give me my broken swords and if they were really if someone was really smart honestly i I swear to god this would be a successful video game make a grand theft auto style video game except you get to pick a political side so you could pick to be antifa or you can pick to be uh just call it manchuria the proud boys or whatever and you know and maybe it could go like depending on the decisions you made in the game like during certain encounters it would like align you with one side or the other there's games like this you know i remember playing a game called dark forces jedi knight it was really cool pc game kind of ahead of its time you it was like before there was xbox or ps2 so pc games like played with a joystick were the only like high res cool things you could get at the time right and in this game you became a dark jedi or a light jedi depending on like how you interacted with each level so, of course, I always wanted to be on the dark side because they had way more cooler powers. But They just have red things. Yeah. But you could make a game like that, and, you know, at the end of the game, you get to shake hands with Donald Trump, or you get to have sex with AOC. You know, okay. whatever side you pick, that's how it works. She has her pudgy white guy that she's... Apparently, but much like Sana Marin, I have a feeling they're going to get divorced. They're not married. Well... They're living in sin, obviously. No, duh. that's terrible. Yeah. Okay. Um, we don't condone that. This is a trad calf podcast. No, it is not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Get fucking wrecked. Uh, the tide is turning on the Red Scare Girls, by the way, on Twitter. Well, really? Yeah, Twitter is People are like, turning these against bitches them. are fucking over. Why? Their bit is tired. It's tired. It's tired to do the like, we're well, going to vocal fry and have yeah. say bad. Like, listen, if you're going to do, again, t- not to gas up KNFW again, but like, if you want to have, you know, politically incorrect takes like let the trans woman do it because it's actually more fun um yeah that's the thing i think their podcast is not so much fun anymore but they are the ultimate chameleons it's interesting that people say they're over or whatever because like they just shape shift a lot i think it's all like i listen to their show so i just think it's like people are just like this is so disingenuous that no one cares anymore i don't think it is disingenuous though i think that like they just have had like really in my eyes, like very sympathetic political shifts over the years that just correlate to events, which in my mind means that they actually think about things and they aren't just blind ideologues, which I like. The thing that's cringe about it is that, you know, you're going on 40 and you're really obsessed with like minor personalities on Twitter. So they have, they have these episodes that are unlistenable to me because I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are and I don't know why anybody cares because nobody does. Yeah. You know, but here we are, you know, here I am like reflecting about these people, yeah. I've been thinking a lot about like when aging. Is, actually, never mind. This is dumb. I'm what? not even gonna, I, I, coming out of my mouth. It's gonna sound vulnerability. Stupid, but I've been thinking a lot about like just talking from like your common sense understanding and experience of the world versus talking through discourse. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it mm-hmm. came to my mind with the Red Scare Girls because it's like, okay, you guys are just. I, I get that behind this irony and behind this internet addiction somewhere there is two smart people that are talking to each other but they're talking through this whole framework that's nonsensical rather than just kind of being blunt like in the same sense that if you were to write an essay you want to try to be um concise and to the point and not too flowery like Mm. that's part of demonstrating clear thinking right so if you have to keep uh referencing obscure twitter personalities or continually analogizing things to like well the mainstream media said this but i think this you're constantly just talking it's frames on frames on frames on frames yeah Yeah. you're not that there's 
behind all the levels there's inauthenticity, but I'm tired of talking through the levels. Right. And I, and I think a lot of my frustration when I think about political issues or when I think about issues I have with when people deliver takes on anything, right. whether it's art or whatever, is that usually I can just immediately sniff out, okay, you're just saying something through a discursive frame. You're not actually right. delivering an opinion. Uh-huh. That's I think that's like, again, this sounds dumb, but like that's why it's, everyone says take right. and not opinion. Right. Because that's to indicate the frame. So, And I don't like the frame. I'm like, can you guys just use your common sense? This is very funny. You know? It's funny that you're like, I don't, I don't know about this. But, you know, after we saw the, you know, a certain award that was given for a certain activity. I'm not following, but that's okay. The text I sent you. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I was like, you know what? You know, a shower thought, right? <clears throat> I was like, listen, I think I need to teach a course and someone needs to pay me for this. But uh, I, I was like, you know what? A lot of, you know, undergraduate education or even graduate education at this point is like so much about like that this frame on frame discourse, right? I want to I want to do like my TED talk over 8 weeks or whatever is like how do you become a subject in the world? You can be a really great parrot, but like it'd be like we're not going to actually spend any money on this course. You're not going to because my thing would be like, you know, again the old rejoinder of there's always rich kids to teach how to paint. We're not spending any money on supplies. You're not going to spend anything on this class. You're going to put that money in a bank account and then you're going to go travel. Because the whole point is to have a point of view. Like, you know, you're going to be a subject in the world, right? right and right. you're going to understand what that is. But it's like, but I'm a queer painter. I'm like, yeah, so you're going to make some faggy, like, figurative art that we all, we're done. We're not doing this anymore. We're not doing ID poll, like, things. Because right. even if you talk to, like, Kerouac, she's like, I'm a drawer. I don't I don't really, you know, I'm black, well, you but, know, like, whatever. It's my, it's my favorite quote from Helen Frankenthaler in Painter's Painting. Emil D'Antonio asks, uh, what, it's, was it, what is it like to be a woman painter? And she says, well, I think the first problem is being a painter. Yeah. It's like, like we figured this out. Like, smart people knew this forever. Right. And I think we lost, we got lost in the sauce. Absolutely. You know, and my thing would be like, okay, so what does that, you know, what does that mean? Because it's very easy, like, for me to sit here or as, it, you know, looking at my youth and be like, well, I don't have a source. Like, like it's the man without a, you know, what is it? Man without a face? Man without a whatever? I don't know. Um, or you do like six characters in search of an author. Like, you know, that idea is like authorship, whatever. That's besides the point. You can get to the conversation about like, where where are you? Who are you? You know, is the real question. Um, but it has to come from a place of not how you've been described or how you identify. Because that's that's a smokescreen of its own filter. You know, that has filters on it already. Mm-hmm. Uh by the public what is your point of view where does it come from does it come from experience or does it come from what you've been told yeah and that's something that i don't think young people especially now really get a a sense of i don't think gen z really understands the idea of like you know lived experience in a way versus like perceived or expected you know do you get what i'm saying yeah well as much as lived experience is used as a term there's a perverse irony to the way that it's used Mm. it's it's actually meant to indicate uh what a identity politics frame tells you about how you should feel about how you are the should is the thing that i'm like rather rather than what do you actually experience like 
you know, it's it's easy. It's too bad because I like this conversation and I don't want to make it political. But like all of the examples that I keep thinking of all do revolve around identity politics. And I mean it in a pejorative way because that's the that's the clearest illustration to me of what you're talking about, which is just are we really in a race war in this country or is that what you're told we're in? So you view things through that lens competitively or whatever, you know, but like, would, but if you are playing uh tears of the kingdom and you start to appreciate the world around you and you go on the subway, it's actually not like a violent uh, racist hellscape. It's actually mostly people being pretty nice to each other. If you pay attention to that, there's kindness everywhere. There's you know, malice everywhere. All of everything is all in balance at all times. Yeah. There's always chaos, mm-hmm. but there's always like the little glimmers of peace that are, endlessly beautiful right like that's kind of the joy of experience well and there's no choice if you don't want to kill yourself other than being a, an optimist like look you can have cynical points of view at times and you can have negative takes and you can feel negative emotions i'm right. not trying to like discount any of that but i think your overall ethos or ethic actually don't know which one i mean probably ethos it's a little more abstract has to be optimistic yeah. Because it doesn't have to be, but I th- I you do... can be a, you know, they're nihilist, Donnie, you know, whatever. Well, but the thing is, I don't think you can be that sustainably. I really no, don't. No, no. Like, look at people in your, this is, again, like a common sense thing I've just noticed. Like, look at people in your life. Big Lebowski would be on the syllabus for this, by the way. Oh, of, of like, you know, like, what, what, you know, they really believe it. I can find you a toe. Like, come on. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, nothing's believable in terms of, like... No one's that hard line about experience. Like, if you're, you know, a black queer painter in Cleveland, Ohio, it's like, okay, so that's been ascribed to you. But, like, what do you want to do? What do you actually care about? Right. And you're like, well, I, I did the, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Okay, that's great. That's the first step. Okay, let's get you out of there. Um, because at the end of the day, what the goal of this would be, you will be, marketed it's all about dollars and cents like tides will shift and turn around you you cannot ascribe your sense of being to what you can be marketed as like that is not good enough because you're going to have like a psychological breakdown at some point like we have a lot of like washed up not washed up but you know people who have gone through the ringer because they ascribe to a certain thing and you know how they doing? Well, I think the difficulty becomes looking at other people that have um, knowingly or not internalized the conflation of marketing and their true self and then succeed. Because right. the only examples that are visible in any type of media, uh, whether it's like online outsider stuff or mainstream art writing or whatever, are people that are naturally good at marketing themselves from the angle that's popular at the time, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. it's a confluence, like luck is a confluence of hard work and good timing. Yeah. And the people that that pays off for are the only thing that you see. You very rarely see like an authentic artist that kind of I- ignored or made their own way through this, um, short of like elderly people that quote, get discovered. But that also depends on good luck. 
Yeah. At, at the end of the day, Carmen Herrera happened to live long enough to get discovered. Right. You know, things She's like that. She's still alive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she fucking 102. Got to be 102 at Jesus. least. Yeah. Um But yeah. Yeah, I mean like you know, like I I like the uh, you know, I think of someone like Rocky who's like yeah, I love Beyonce because who doesn't love Beyonce? You know, like, you know, with that being kind of an origin in the video world. Sure. You know, like it's just like it's not just like it's not just blackness or, or womanhood. It's just like, I love pop culture, actually. Like, that's actually the real, the real tea is I love pop culture and I love being diaristic. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm in my own head. Right. It's not about anything you can ascribe to me to put in a nice little package. No, but her, but her blackness and her femininity are integral parts of the work that are bound up in it. Yeah. There's no denying that. And then they, and then, you know, I'm almost a little afraid to say this. I hope nobody listening takes offense, but it's like that also becomes part of the marketing and it, it can, and, and striking while the iron is hot. I don't hold anything against that. Oh but, no, get the money. But this but, is a ripe environment for that kind of work. Yeah, uh, but, but I think, but I think Rocky kind, would no, be not making that kind of work, that kind of framing by other people. Correct. You're right. Yeah. That's this is the point that I want to be very yeah. clear on is like the work comes from, from the work and the ethos and the being is very independent of framing. She knows how to work how to massage these people because they're dumb. Well, this is a good segue but, away from anybody in particular yeah. because I do agree with you on this, but I think the complicated part of this conversation in general is that those things are bound up. I think one of the reasons that this is hard to disaggregate, like for your own self, regardless of your intentions, or to like separate anybody else's like um, success or authenticity or work or whatever you want to say from the marketing of it, is that inherently the two things are linked. Like thinking of any of these things as heavily compartmentalized is as much a problem as um, not being aware that they're distinct. Right, but I, I think they're. You know, there are people who can kind of do that mental math because they are formed as people and subjects in the world. Yeah. And there are people who, you know, when the waves come crashing, are just going to be, like, dragged on the coral. You know what I mean? Psychologically, like, as people. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just going to be broken. You know, and that's the kind of thing that I'm like, maybe someone's got to teach the children to be like, don't put all the eggs in the basket of... Well, I, I don't know if it's just the I don't know if it's just the children or like, even the ad- adults. I don't fucking know. Everybody's addicted to their phone, right? Everyone. Well, yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are. Like my dad has TikTok. You know what? Yeah, he Why? shows it to me, Why and he's like, I... "I think this little kid." I've talked about this before. Ron, get off TikTok. Yeah, and he's like, "I think this little kid that makes like uh, adult jokes is funny." So he just like watches this. We love children swearing, but that's not like worth watching. You know, but what I'm saying is that that nobody is immune from it, and I and I think that if anybody is prepared for this, it's younger people. Maybe, um, either they've been totally consumed by internet brain to the point where maybe they're um, maybe these categories of subjective and objective and individual identity and personality have all just been collapsed into some kind of like nick land or like delusian hellscape of schizophrenia that we have no access to you know maybe they have a fundamentally different experience that i'll never understand but if they don't and humans are just humans which i tend towards they're probably better prepared for talking about all the meta framing and seeing through the discursive frames and trying to find an authenticity while all of that is going on than even we are 
Maybe. You know, I do. I've said it a million times, and I really truly believe it that I do think like elder millennials and most millennials are better positioned than any generation because we have one toe in the old world and one toe in the new world. Neither of them feel that foreign. Right. But we are getting old and the pace of technological development doesn't really stop. So it worries me. I tried to I'm going to cut you. Yeah. I tried to use this thing called Figma. I it sounds like dick cheese. Yeah. Figma, Figma balls in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um it's a you know, it's a like a basically PowerPoint. Let's be real. It's PowerPoint. But like for design heads, because uh-huh. you can make millennial corporate Memphis things very fast. Um, but it, it, it's nice because it keeps everything consistent. But I literally looked at it and was like, I don't get how it works. Like it's not drop down menu. It's, you know, sandbox style. And I'm like, I was not trained for the sandbox. I was trained for the the menus. Right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. I don't also don't want a sandbox. Well, there you go. You know, That's like the... I want to be able to be like, I want to shove this shit over here, warp this, whatever. You know, I, I want the the structure of this other thing instead of like, well, I'm just drag and drop. I'm like, what? That's not specific enough. Well, I'm sympathetic to that, but that's exactly the point I was making a second ago, right. which is just we're becoming the boomers every passing day. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that makes me sympathetic to older people is when they're confused by the menus in the same sense we're confused by the sandbox, right? Yeah. And one of the reasons is when you reduce everything to a data set that's just formatted a certain way, there are just qualities of it that are lost. Yeah. So when you look at the sandbox and you go, wait, but I can't skew it as well as if it was just laid out a different way. Right. Uh, well, now welcome to the boomer world where they're like, the menus seem convenient to you, but actually there's a lot more options than 12. Yeah. 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 And we never think anything of just limiting yourself to file, save, edit, insert. Right. But they look at that and they go on a typewriter. I had a lot more flexibility than this. And I was never sympathetic to that position before. I always thought the typewriter's slower, though, so who gives a shit? But they're like, but you don't have to remember your own grammar anymore? That's probably bad. Yeah. And it did turn out to be bad. Yeah, it is pretty bad. You know, trying to write that thing a couple months ago, I was like, I literally don't know sentence structure. Did that ever come out or no? It hasn't come out yet. They paid me for it. So I don't care if it comes out at this point. Yeah. 50 bucks? Not very much. 75. Yeah, that's not bad. Um... Yeah. Mm, Anyway, I hope it does. I mean, you know, I would like for people to read it, but it's getting more and more outdated all the time. Um, Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Where did we, where were we going on this? See, this is the journey. This, this is the tears of the kingdom right here. Yeah. We're we're going all over. Tears of the kingdom. I mean, well, we were talking about like discursive frames versus just like having your own thought thought process that's not tied down to all these things i mean i think the the point of inflection between us that might continue the conversation is just that i don't know i find myself so hyper aware of how mixed up it all is just how blended these frames of reference are. Mm. I don't think that there is like a separate authenticity. I don't think it's valuable to structure things in terms of authentic versus inauthentic, but I lack the language to really say what I mean in Mm. this sense, which is just that like, 
sure, you can analogize and you can um, parallel and you can reference things, but it shouldn't be the only thing you have access to. Like, there needs to be first principles beyond right. your riffs yeah. that uh, uh, are firmly established in your own mind. Yeah, this, I'm trying to, like, explain, like, there's a lot of received, you know, ideas, you know, and I'm, I was very much a child of received ideas and buying it as truth or whatever of like, Oh yeah, of course that's how one should act. And you're like, you're just a 23 year old asshole who thinks that they know better. And it's like, eh, that's not, you know, maybe, maybe you're charming and you can get away with it. But like, are you really a whole person? No. Right. You're just a performer. Mm hmm. Like it's acting. You you got your lines, and you're like memorized them, got it. Like let me let me do my dance, but like where where's the you, right? You know, yeah. I think a lot of people live with that for a lot longer than I'm comfortable with. I don't know. Live with what the live with live with the false image of themselves, right? For a lot longer than it's useful to them. I don't know. Maybe maybe it is just back to the, our old horse of talking about aging. Mm. Where I'm like, I, I'm consistently alarmed by people that are hitting middle age and are like sort of the same person they always were. Oh, that's weird. I don't think that should be happening. Uh, and I mean, I mean I, that I, in terms of like every style of opinion or topic that you can touch. The idea that I can guess what you're going to say about something is suspicious. Uh, I, I mean, don't think yeah. you should be able to do that with somebody that you respect. I think it's, well, yes, but I think it's also like a, a kind of thing where it's like, as you age, you should be, you know, the well of wisdom in your brain should go grow deeper, right? Or even if it's the same well, you know, it could be the same well. Your ability to rephrase what you draw up in the bucket to make it more palatable for all should change, you know, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even if they're, you know, maybe you are, do have a core that you are going back to or the same well. If it's not running dry, but people are like, still thirsty, you know, like, what's, what's the, how do you, you know, reef, what's water 2.0 or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or floor, you know, whatever the fuck that thing from Parks and Rec, you know? Right. How do you repackage it? And if you're not aware of the fact that you need to repackage it to make it palatable to a different audience, A, I think you're just kind of fucking lazy, but like, because that's the easiest shit in the world. Well, I think the the thing that I'm taking away from what you're saying that is interesting and not the way I would have framed it on my own is that you have to figure out how to frame your ideas to make them palatable to other people. And, and I think that's related to the point about trying to be a natural optimist. That doesn't mean that you're trying to be nice to other people. That doesn't mean that you're trying to make them happy or anything. But, like, if you have any self-interest in allowing a conversation to continue, like, basically you want to propagate intellect, you need to make your ideas palatable. Because I think a mistake, and I think the reason that resonates with me is the mistake I often make in conversation is just that I'll be hyperbolic in the other direction and I might be right, but it's really alienating. And you and you just and you got to uh, bring people I, into the fold. And I think part of the aging, 
yeah. conversation is just that you don't want to alienate people in your life because they become a precious resource right. over time. Um, and not just in a way of like, what can they do for me? It's more like connection is nice. Yeah. It feels good, you know? Yeah. I mean, do what? let me use a for existence, for example, rather, not for existence. Well, it is about existence, but for example, when you look in the mirror, do you see an old person or do you see a young person? I see the same person, which right. is a way yeah. of saying I see a young person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't say, notice it. Granted, like, I know a lot of older people, I know a lot of younger people, the bald head, I don't see the grays, whatever. Like, if they're there, I don't think they are. Uh, just in the beard. Um, but, like, you know, I'm sure other people look at me like, who's this 36-year-old old person? I'm like, I have better taste than you, so, like, I look younger than you, no matter what. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm fit as fuck, and I'm fly as fuck. Get wrecked. Is that delusional? Of course, duh. Yeah. But, like, you know, when I look in the mirror, I'm like, the bags aren't that bad. Oh, no. I I mean, but this is all vanity, you know? You know. Like, Like I got carded the other day. Good for you. And it hasn't happened in a really long time. I've never been carded. But. uh, What were you buying? Pack of ciggies? Beer. What? Yeah. The fuck? I got carded buying beer, but then I realized the person that was carding me was 22 oh so he couldn't tell the difference between someone who is 40 and someone who is 21 yeah to save his life because yeah. i kind of that's remember that experience yeah. no yeah. that's not a dingling that's just a young person that's like okay this is either an old looking 20 something or a young looking 40 something yeah and then it turns out i'm right in the middle of that range but he's not going through that whole thought process all that's happening is he's like, I'm concerned for my job, so I might as well yeah, do it. Yeah, my boss told me I f- would get fired if I didn't yeah. fire everybody. Yeah. Um, so it plays to my vanity, of course. I'm like, okay. Because there are people in line near me, younger than me, that aren't going to get carded. Right. That he knows are older, look downtrodden. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, okay. That, there, there is a kind of takeaway from that which is i'm doing something right right you know because i'm stressed out i've been moving i'm like doing all this shit i'm like i'm in no mood to even be in this line you got gucci and prada under your eyes oh of course and yet you know i can still like have an aura because i don't think i i don't think i look better because i don't really think that's actually what's going on i think i think your your total package and your energy and your confidence and comfort in a situation is what m- makes people question how old right. you are yeah i think that has a lot more to do with when it the glimmer the leaves you your eyes that's when people stop carding well yeah and i think that for a lot of people that happens really quick it depends what kind of life you've had or whatever okay. i i also just think it depends on how much you're actually thinking in your life like yeah. i really do think like a lot of artists that smoke cigarettes and drink all the time live a long time because they keep their minds alive yeah. like i i really really do think you know we were talking about wim hof last week a little bit and how like absurd it seems his claims or whatever it's the burt cooper paradox yes. you want you want to move to florida and play golf you're going to die yeah exactly if you mentally move to Florida and play golf, you're done. You need some kind of sharpness. You need to have an internal life. Yeah. Granted, there are people who are like, I just love being in the present, love relaxing, reading, whatever, and they live forever. I don't fucking know. Well, there are people that 
I don't know. It just it depends when you have these realizations. Again, it's back to the problem of like l- luck is timing plus hard work. Yeah, chilling out and having that be stimulating is also hard work. Yeah, I really respect people that early in their lives realize like I'm this type of person. I'm better off this type of way, where I live kind of slow and not as ambitious as other people, but it doesn't bother me. Right. I don't have as much envy. You know, but it takes a lot of discipline to work the envy out of yourself. If you're the type of person that can sit on a porch and have a couple glasses of wine every night and just watch your TV show and, like, your life feels good to you and it doesn't feel like you're wasting your time and you go on Instagram or maybe you don't even have it and you look at other people that are, like, on a private jet or you look at other people that have a better career in the chosen field you're in and you go, "Mm, I don't really want it. Right. It's nice they have it. Yeah. Like that's that Bot- takes an yeah. amazing amount of discipline Insane. to get yeah. to that level. Yeah. And it's all up to you. Mm-hmm. You know? You you know, th- we're talking about this is water. <laughs> like that that David Foster Wallace speech. Not everything is this is water, okay? But it pretty much is. I mean, mm-hmm. that that speech is famous for a reason. And it's a cliche for a reason. It's all encompassing in this sense because, you know, one of the famous lines from it paraphrasing from memory is that like in the trenches of day-to-day adult life you get to decide how you look at it right because it's gonna be grinding oh and it's gonna be hard and it's really completely up to you whether that's a beautiful experience or whether that sucks yeah and the people that never have the meta awareness to make the decision about how they look at their life it's probably gonna suck yeah um but if you get to the point where you realize that it's an active choice, whether every day is beautiful, what are you going to pick? You have to pick that it's beautiful. Otherwise, you should just kill yourself. Well, and not not that every day is beautiful. We're not doing that Italian movie from 1997 that won the Oscar. We're not climbing over the chairs. But it doesn't have to be beautiful in a way that's transcendent or over the top or whatever. But there's a, a background radiation in the in the world that is nice. Well, it's it's well, I I think what you're saying is like there's there's always the option to have a good day. That is optimistic. You know, mm-hmm. you can always have even if you're having a bad day, something good can happen, right? Like that's you know stupid like uh, TED Talk motivational rising grind nonsense. Those people I don't trust, they're going to die young. But at the end of the day, you're like, wow, this is really shitty, but like whatever, like could be worse. It well, is what it is, and uh, I'm okay with it being what it is. Like, it just, life happens. There's a flow. Yeah. And if you know that there's a flow versus being like, hmm, there's no flow, everything's bad for me. It's like, yeah, there's a bridge. Have have fun. Well, and it's hard to walk other people through that door. In fact, you can't do it. It's like the guy in the Nintendo ad. You can be on that bus and just be like, Am I going to jump out the window and tuck and roll out of this bus? Well, you know what's difficult about that? Am I going to go postal in my 9 to 5 office job? It's funny that that's what that ad actually kind of suggests. Yeah, you you could go crazy if you don't, like, explore the idea of, like, life could be wonderful. Well, but always remember that even though it's a very effective ad, Mad Men style... It is, it is also like playing on people's basest emotions. And it, it, isn't it kind of pathetic that an ad has to first present as depressing 
to then get you to the end. I mean, in a certain way, that's a classic formula. Oh, yeah. Like, think about a cleaning ad from the 60s where, like, or like any infomercial. I want to buy the world of Coke so I can. Oh, you're hands scrubbing with really. And I'm I'm talking about even less artistic. Oh, you want to sham wow? Yeah, you're scrubbing <laughs> really hard, and oh my god, you broke the plate. Scrub daddy, yeah. Oh god, it's really hard to use a regular sponge. I need this thing with a fucking smiley yeah. face. Are you tired of the blood in your underwear? Chipotle away, you know. Like they, they're always really hyper exaggerated towards the negative, right? And then this product is going to solve all of your problems. Right. The Nintendo one, I mean. That ad sounds particularly heart-stringy. It was like a Clydesdale ad from, you know, like Super Bowl Budweiser. I mean, what it reminds me of is those, like, what's her name? Like Cheryl Crow or whatever about the puppies that are getting killed. First of all. In the arms of the angel. Sarah McLaughlin put some respect on her name. All right. Sorry. We're not in Provincetown. Ooh, that's a good karaoke The lack of police are not going to take me away for disrespecting Sarah McLaughlin. Someone should. <laughs> Lesb- the key- those key jangling lesbians are coming. They're coming for you. Oh, my God. Do you Talk hear- about locking you up and not throwing away the mini keys. Do you hear the dangling <laughs> in the distance? It's the lesbians coming for you. First, you make fun of their carabiners, and then you disrespect Sarah McLaughlin and mm. Lilith Fair. <laughs> it's getting closer and closer. Oh wow, I, Foley! I, I gotta feel, love Foley. I feel the entire weight of Gen X and the '90s coming down on my shoulders. It never stopped being 1994 somewhere. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a joke there that I'm not going to make because you know we respect the ladies of of the era. Oh, I absolutely respect them. They could beat my ass. They. I don't know how you mean that, but they could and they would, mm-hmm. um, especially with them keys. They know how to make that fist. I know. I don't want to tangle with Catherine Opie. I mean, she yeah, she, she, she should got, be... she got a whip. I don't know what to yeah. tell you. Mm-mm. I mean, she should be on WWE. Honestly, hilarious. The Undertaker versus Catherine Opie. <laughs> <laughs> they're basically the same thing. That's not nice. That's not nice at all. They're the, sa- <laughs> they're the same person. <sighs> Undertaker has longer hair. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, this was rocking. What's our time at? Uh, we're 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 far enough. Okay, let's right. let's do after show. You gotta Goodbye. get on the bike. Yeah, I do.